Seriously, you're telling me there are only nine types of people in the world? Have you ever heard someone say this in response to learning about the Enneagram? Even though many people resonate with insights and truth from the Enneagram, there are always some people who feel like it just doesn't fit. Why? I believe that it doesn't resonate because it's not fully explained or developed. Each of the nine types becomes a sort of caricature of the type that's two-dimensional. Welcome to the Story Enneagram Podcast. I'm Jim Gum, and I'm an Enneagram teacher and coach living in Kansas City. Here's the story behind this season's podcast. As a quick refresher, humans have three basic instinctual drives. The first one is self-preservation, the need to survive. We all have basic needs like food, clothing, and shelter. The second one is social, the need to belong. We all have a need to be connected to a family, a group, or a larger community. Lastly is the sexual or one-to-one instinct, the need to know and be known. We have a need for intimate relationships and partners. There are two main barriers to understanding the Enneagram in a deeper way through these instinctual drives. The first barrier is that people view the passion and the instinctual drive in isolation. Listen to how Beatrice Chestnut, author of The Complete Enneagram, describes the development of the subtypes through the work of Claudio Naranjo. Um, But I think that what happened is he continued to develop his understanding as he had developed his understanding about the nine types, a lot through working with people and seeing people and 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 just observation and action um, away from the U.S.-based community, and so then what we th- what we think of as the sort of strictly defined concepts and theory and subtypes in the U.S ended up being different than what he was saying in two, by 2004, right? And we were going by this little bit that leaked out and then elaborating. And I think some of that elaborating, unfortunately, was more like a this plus this equals this. So it's like you're a six and you like to join groups, so you're a social six, right? But what, what Naranjo came up with is much more of an alchemical mix, And so he said, actually, a social six looks like this because there's this interesting alchemy that happens when you mix a social dominant instinct and what that is, which is some flavor of what people don't get, even what the social dominant subtype is mixed with six, you get this really interesting other thing. And the way he described that was nothing I ever heard before. So I think he was able to discern the true nature the deeper nature of these subtypes and describe them in a way that didn't happen in the U.S. B refers to this combination of the passion and the instinct as an alchemical mix. Alchemy is the study of transformation. In an Enneagram subtype, both the passion and the instinctual drive are transformed. It's the combination of the two forces that gives each type its unique expression. Subtype knowledge is much more nuanced and takes a little more time to learn. I used to think that I was a social subtype because I often did public speaking and performance. Understanding the subtype required looking at the unique values and behaviors of the subtype descriptions to discover my subtype. It wasn't as B said a this plus this formula. The second barrier to learning about the subtype is our lack of understanding of the effect that our instinctual drives have on our behavior. Here's B again. Sometimes we talk about how 
the body types are least understood. Like, because in the West, especially, we tend to be very heady. The education system speaks to the head. Like, a lot of people think they're head types, even when they're not. I think that thinking, the mental function is very clearly articulated and understood in our society. I think since the 90s, the emotional piece is more understood than it was before. I still think there are stigmas against being too emotional or being, you know, having this emotion or that emotion or crying. I think there's still a lot that like a tide that goes against that in our culture. But since, you know, Dan Goleman and emotional intelligence and all this, I think we have a much bigger understanding about what emotional intelligence is, how it operates and how feelings and emotions are important. Now, it's like sort of as a culture, we're getting more in touch with the importance of trauma. And so that's part of like understanding there may be feelings that get triggered and associated. So I think we're, we're making progress, but the bridge too far is the fact that we do not understand instinctual intelligence. We don't understand the body was we don't understand the instincts and the instinctual levels of things. So I think because the subtypes are structurally uh, the part of the personality that is sort of the lower emotional reactivity combined with the kind of instinctual reptilian reactivity, I think it drives a lot of behavior, but I think it's more shadowy, both because it tends to be more unconscious and also because we haven't really fully understand the role of our instincts embedded in the personality. Our instinctual drives have a major influence on how we behave in the world. A lot of our actions are driven more by our instincts than our type. For example, is an urgency to take care of a personal need a function of a passion like lust or gluttony? Or is it a function of the self-preservation instinct? It's hard to tell. And as B said, it's a little shadowy. Here's what I believe. The 27 Enneagram subtypes do the very best job of explaining both the differences between the nine types and how two people of the same type can behave so differently. Join me this season as we explore the self-preservation subtypes of the Enneagram. My hope is that by listening to the stories from each of these types, you may come to a deeper understanding of them and the influence of their instincts.